Hello everybody, welcome to Shift Church. It's great to have you with us this week. Um, whether you're watching uh, live with us online on Facebook or catching up later on Facebook or YouTube or listening to the podcast, it is fab to have you with us. Uh, my name is Tim Carter. I'm at the Vicar at All Saints in Wellington and St. Catherine's in Iton. I'm kind of uh, hosting this evening. I've got some folk with me. I've got Emily, say hello, Emily. Hello, Emily, and everybody listening to the podcast and uh, online. And got Liz. Say hello, Liz. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you all. Um, I'm trying to get online with you, but my phone is not playing at the moment. So, which is unfortunate because I think Liz is meant to be looking after the stream. Oh, yeah. It's just not connecting to the internet either on um, data or or Wi-Fi. So that's fun. Okay, well, I'm hoping the internet from my house is working and somebody out there can see us. Yeah, I'm trying again. I, I can say you are live because it's just popped up on my feed, so that's good news. So. Excellent. Well, that is good news. You might yeah. be in charge of the stream before very long, Amy. Here um, we go. So I'm on. Indeed, Liz is on. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so if you are with us live and you'd like to join in the conversation, uh, do drop us a line in the comments and Liz will pick that up or just talk to each other uh, really on the comments thread and uh, if you are not with us uh, live if you're with us later in the week you can drop me an email tim at allsaints-wellington.org and we can pick those up next week yeah, we'll definitely do that uh, I've just realized something I was so busy getting ready for this evening um, that I've completely forgotten to think of a thought starter for us just to <laughs> get going with guys that's not much good, is it? Okay. Um, not really. We could we could say um, who are you grateful for in your life? Mm, we could go on then. <laughs> well, I don't know. I that'd have to be a really long list, and that might kind of clash with what you're saying in your talk. So that that's not a very good question at all because I've got so many people that I'm grateful for in my life. So, um, okay. what about? uh great what about one thing that you're grateful for today or this week yeah we could do something we're grateful for today we yeah. can have the theme yeah. of yeah. from last week i'm very grateful that i got two sermons written on tuesday which means that they're all done for sunday and i don't have to worry about them and uh, be stressing on saturday that i haven't written one or you anything. don't you don't have to work for the rest of the week then do you tim so. well it means I can do the rest of the work that i have in the rest of the week without having in the back of my mind but i've still got sermons to write for sunday so that's good yeah. that's good um what am i grateful for this week i am grateful for having a small child in the house that makes me dance around the front room even when i'm really not feeling like like it and life is really complicated she can put on some encanto or some disney Yay. music and <laughs> feel a lot better so yeah so i'm grateful for that I loved Encanto, it's great. It's a really good film. I love the music in it. Yeah, yeah. There is, there's some very good messages in there as well about yeah. being grateful for people, bringing it back. That's true, that's <laughs> so true. If you want to get into the deep and meaningful. So. <laughs> yeah. No, what I'm are you grateful, grateful for, Liz? For, um, today, I'm grateful that my, my dad who had COVID is now negative, which is great. Um, um, my mum didn't get it. I'm very grateful for that. And I'm just grateful today that I got some more work done than I thought I would. So I'm a little less stressed than I was this morning. So that's all good. That's all good. Hey. Do that, join I, in on the stream and tell us what you're grateful for or who you're grateful for this week. I bet somebody who's not grateful or being shown much appreciation is the Disney executive who decided not to um, submit the best song from Encanto to the Oscar nomination. So it hasn't been nominated. It hasn't got an Oscar nomination. What? What? I don't know that story. What was that? Well, isn't there a song in Encounter something about Bruno or something? Yeah. I think it's been like a number one. Yeah, it's been like a top 10 hit around the world, hasn't it? Yeah. And foolishly, they didn't submit it as an Oscar nomination. So no. they couldn't consider it. Yep. Yeah. So whoever made that decision, I bet, is not very popular in history. I shouldn't think they are, no. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So. Yes, we are continuing to think about, well, we're thinking about appreciation tonight, um, uh, which kind of built a little bit on the ideas of gratitude that we were considering last time. Um, I have got, I've got a psalm for us to reflect on and listen to just to get us thinking today. And this is a slightly, unusual, not an unusual psalm, but one we, we 
one that's unusual for the way we do things is it kind of starts off in quite a kind of down phase it ends up praising god which is good um but we don't very often at shift church very uh, do the kind of confession thing that we quite often do in us on a sunday in a sunday service the kind of saying sorry to god and actually i thought this psalm might be a, a good opportunity for us to do that so i'm not going to get not going to get all heavy about it but just a little bit of time uh, take a breath take a pause and just uh, reflect on your day whichever day it was and just think is there anything that actually i need to say sorry to god for that i haven't been uh, best today or this week you have a, a moment of quiet just to reflect on that and I'm going to play for this psalm for us to, to, to listen to and to reflect on. Have mercy on me, O God according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in the burnt offerings offered home. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. those who are watching the video there I just love that image at the end of the, the child coming into the mother's arms and whatever we've done you can know that our father wants to put his arms around us and forgive us and embrace us yeah <clears throat> and I think you know David wrote that psalm when he messed up really mightily hadn't he um and he, he wrote that psalm to sort of express his deepest feelings about how much he'd messed up I think that's quite powerful in that sense that you know, whatever we do, how much we make a mess of stuff, you know, God accepts us and loves us and calls us back. Indeed. So, as I said, we're thinking about um, showing appreciation tonight. We've got a couple of Bible readings. Um, I think, Liz, are you reading from Romans for us first? I am. Lovely. So would you like to do that? Which bit of Romans are you in? I am reading Romans 16, um, verse 1 to 16. 
And um, I apologize in advance for some of my pronunciations in this. <laughs> you will see what I mean. Um, so this chapter is headed personal greetings. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Kent Rayi. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the, gen all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend, Apennitus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who've been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampeliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Abanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend, Strachis. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who's worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who's been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncretus, John, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. Lovely. Holy kisses all round. Oh, nobody's giving me holy kisses back. Never mind. I'm, I'm sure they will in the comment stream. <laughs> sure they will. Right, Emmy, what are you reading for us? Uh, I'm reading from Mark, uh, chapter 14, verses 1 to 9. Mark 14, right. 1 to 9, that sounds about yeah. right. Mark 14, verses 1 to 9. Uh, and, it, and it's entitled, Jesus Anointed at Bethany. It was now two days before Passover and the festival of the unleavened bread. The leading priests and teachers of the religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a handful, with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke it open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticise her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you. You can always help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what, what she could and has anointed my whole body for the burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. There we go. Thank you very much. Very good. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to share a few thoughts on those. Uh, if you've got questions or comments you want to uh, chuck in the mix, put them in the comment stream, let's all pick those up um, or email them in and we'll pick them up and have a chat about them next week. But at the moment, there's just some hilarity about the subtitles for some of those, some of those names. You know, you know, it, the, um, it does auto 
um, auto titles, uh, auto subtitles. Yeah. So for the, we had the church in Kent. So Phoebe was from the church in Kent rather than the church in Kentray. <laughs> Kentray. <laughs> okay. Modern, modern me then. <laughs> Glad to see we're nice and focused. Lovely. Okay, so what was I going to start? Where was I going to start? Oh, I wonder if you've uh, ever come across or read the book Five Love Languages. Uh, by Gary Chapman. Um, he talks about five different ways in which people give and receive love. He talks about um, words, touch, time, gifts, and acts of service. Um, for some people, uh, words are really important in the way that we express love, um, and especially words that build up, like words of affirmation and encouragement. For other people, it's touch, holding hands, hugs, a hand on the shoulder, that really deeply express love um, and actually it's it's those folk for whom touch is a really important way of expressing love uh, well we've all had a tough time through covid but those for whom touch is really important as a love language that's been really tough for them um for still others um it's all about spending time together doing things together spending time together for other people, it's, it's all about the giving and receiving of gifts. And that's not so much to do with the financial value of the gifts. It's to do with the thought and the, uh, the thing that they represent. And for other people, it's all to do with acts of service. Um, just the normal everyday things like doing the ironing, doing the fetching and carrying, doing the washing up, unloading the dishwasher, all those kind of things that express love. And um, as with a lot of these psychological models, it's not all cut and dried. It's not like one person is 100% this and nothing and none of the rest of themselves. But most people have one or two of those that they're, they're like their preference, the ones they default to. Um, and this model, it can be really helpful thinking about the way in which uh, help people think through how they express love, how they receive love, uh, particularly uh, for couples who love each other, but express it in different ways. Um, so if one member of a couple's love language is time and the other is gifts, then it can all go a bit pear-shaped. Um, one of them doesn't understand why the other one doesn't, who says they love them, doesn't want to spend any time with them. And the other one doesn't appreciate why all the gifts they're giving the other one aren't being appreciated. It's like one saying, I love you in Russian, but the other one only speaks Hindi. Uh, actually, for their love to be truly communicated, then they have to learn each other's love languages and not just learn to listen, but actually be learn to be willing to speak in someone else's love language as well, and remember to do that. So, as I said, tonight we're thinking about appreciation. So with that, I, th I wondered if that would be a helpful model also to think about the way in which we receive appreciation and show appreciation, because it seems to me that, that it's part of, that's part of love. So the question is, when you show appreciation, how would you choose to do it? Would you um, say something nice or would you give a gift? Um, and when somebody, somebody says they appreciate something you've done, what, what, makes, it, what makes you believe them? Um, is it that uh, they spend time with you or maybe they give you a hug? It's probably a mix, but I wonder if you can work out what your preference is. Um, and what Emmy read from us from Mark's eyewitness account of uh, the good news of Jesus, it seems we see a lot of these in action in the appreciation that um, the woman and Jesus show for each other. So let's go through it a bit. Um, this woman appreciated Jesus and she wanted to show that appreciation. So what did she do? She bought a gift. Uh, costly perfume, really expensive stuff. Um, and she poured it out on Jesus' head as this profound act of service. As he says later that she was preparing him for burial. Uh, so she bought a gift. She carried out this act of service. Um, so it's her actions and her gift. And actually, if we read in the Gospel of John, we read John's account of the same episode. She actually wipes his feet with her hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and they're in, in touch you get this appreciation as well. Um, but not everybody in the, in the house at the meal is impressed by this. Some of them are indignant. Um, Jesus isn't. He's moved. 
and he stands up for the woman and he appreciates her in words. He says, she's done a beautiful thing. Wherever this story is told, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, through all ages, what she's done will also be told in memory of her. And we're still talking about it 2000 years later. Jesus' words of appreciation. Um, and at another meal in the same in the same town, we know that the woman, Mary, uh, she prioritized spending time with Jesus. Her sister was in the kitchen getting dinner ready and Martha, and she got very cross because Martha was, Mary was sat at Jesus' feet, listening to him, investing time in him. So we got all five of these things, time and gifts and service and touch and words in the breadth of Jesus and Mary's relationship in the appreciation they had for each other. So I just think that's a really beautiful model of how this can all work together. Um, now, we don't often read out that list from the end of Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Uh, and um, people who read, <laughs> read the Bible. And I that. showed you why. <laughs> I'm very grateful for that. But I think that's a real shame. I, I actually, we'd had a small group last night and did a whole Bible study on near enough on this because there is so much that you can tell about the, uh, the way the early church worked from this list. Um, and I also think it's a really good example of the way that Paul shows appreciation. He shows appreciation that's wide ranging, that's specific and is public. So first of all, if we go through the list, we can see how wide ranging it is. It includes both men and women. Um, so actually the first name, Phoebe, that's a woman. Um, and then Priscilla and Aquila. So the second name, Priscilla, that's a woman. We don't get a man till we get to the third one, Aquila. And the fact that Priscilla is before Aquila, they're married, we know that from uh, Acts, indicates that Priscilla was the senior partner. Uh, so you get men and women. You get people who are Jewish, uh, it says Greek, Andronicus and Junior, my fellow Jews. So we know them and Herodian a little bit later, they were Jewish. Um, and we know that some were Gentiles. So we get Eponetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. So if he was in Asia, he was almost certainly Gentile. And we get uh, lots of these other names are not Jewish names. So they'll be, they'll be Gentiles. So you get men and women. You get Jews and Gentiles, you get rich people. So Phoebe, that first one, um, I ask you to receive her, uh, to give her any help she may need you. She has been a benefactor of many people, including me. So it sounds like Phoebe was bankrolling Paul's ministry and a lot of the other ministry that was going on. So she must have been pretty well off. Um, and Narcissus and Aristobulus, there are actually records of people with those names in archaeological and other records of the time um, in Rome with pro as prominent members of society. And it's quite likely that these were they. So you get rich, well off, high society people, and then you get slaves or ex-slaves. Um, Ampliatus, Urbanus and Rufus, they're all common slave names. So it's almost certain they were either slaves now or had been been slaves previously and then been released. So you get the bottom of society and the top of society, you get rich and poor, you get men and women, you get Jews and Gentiles. Every layer of society is represented and Paul finds someone something to appreciate in each of them. So he's wide ranging in who he appreciates, but he's also really specific. He says, um, but -dum, -dum, Priscilla and Aquila risk their lives for me. Um, you have people who worked hard with them. You have one who was in prison with him. There's one who was faithful under testing. There's another one who was like a mother to Paul. They're like really specific things. You get this real sense that uh, of personal involvement that Paul knew these people um, and was appreciating something in their shared experiences, in their shared histories. So we get wide ranging specific appreciation that's really public. Um, so this was a letter that was written to the church in Rome. So that's all the Christians in Rome. Uh, but we know from here that um, there were 
that was made up of little churches. It's like the church, in, if, if a letter was sent to the church in Telford, there's lots of churches in Telford, so there'd have to be lots of copies or one copy that was handed round and read to, to all of them. And we know that there was a, a church that meets at um, Priscilla and Aquila's house. We know there was a church that meets in another house. So I suspect there wouldn't have been photocopiers in Rome, but there would have been lots of scribes. So it's quite likely that this was copied and handed around the different churches, or maybe they had a big festival where they all got together and read the latest letter from Paul. Mm. Whichever way around it is, it was really public. It was really upfront. Um, so Paul's appreciation was um, wide ranging, it was specific, and it was public. And over the last month or so, a little bit more than a month, we've gone through this series, exploring different aspects of what it means be a church that values celebrating. Uh, we started with joyful worship. We considered the importance of noticing what God's doing so that we can celebrate it. We talked about being grateful to God. And then last week we explored something about generosity. Um, do you remember we had that reading uh, from uh, Deuteronomy that talked about the, the festivals uh, talked about the tithe, the 10% being gathered together. Yeah. And most years yeah. that's being used to have, be having a massive party. Yeah, yeah. And then in other years that being used to feed the poor. And mm -hmm. what else did we get from Deuteronomy last week? We talked about this idea of, of cancelling debts every mm -hmm. seven years and just kind of thought, wow, what would our society be like if we cancelled every debt every seven years? I know, yeah, it's really thought provoking. And we had that really striking image, didn't we have, of, of having closed hands and yeah. open hands. Mm -hmm. And that actually, yeah. it's only as we open our hands to give away we've got that they're open to receive more from God. And mm -hmm. as we close our hands to try and keep hold of what we've got, actually all we're doing is closing our hands to what God wants to give us. Mm -hmm. um, and so a real sense of open-handedness being what we're called to as we're generous to each other with our time and our energy and ourselves and perhaps most importantly of ourselves as we kind of follow Jesus example of generosity he left the riches of heaven to come and live in the poverty of earth gave up everything he had but more than that he said to, to God the father the night before he died not my will but your will he gave away his will he gave away his life so that we could live yeah. And we're called to follow him. So we're called to give away ourselves, to give away our lives. Uh, and all the rest, all the other generosity flows from that. Um, yeah, there's loads of people I appreciate around uh, Shift Church, around All Saints, around St. Catherine's. Uh, I could I could go on all night about all the people. I, it's like Liz was saying at the beginning, we ought to say people we appreciate. And then re we realised that if we started off going on about all the people we appreciate, then we would never get anything else done because yeah. just is, is there's so many people. Um, and, and actually, it isn't just about me showing appreciation, it's about us showing appreciation to each other. Uh, as a kind of a fellowship of believers and and shift church is a bit weird like that because we don't see each other in person so we have to find other ways of doing it doing that um uh, somebody who i shan't embarrass by naming um very kindly sent me a box some box full of chocolates this week um which and they were my favorite kind of chocolate as well which was really lovely and i very much appreciate that and i'm really aware that i haven't sent them an email or a message to say thank you because um i haven't got around to it because every time I think about it I'm not at the computer to do so because I, I don't see them because they're not somebody I see regularly so I need to do that um, but we can find ways of doing it so we can find ways of doing it even in a, a virtual congregation like this where we don't necessarily see each other so much we can do it in the comment stream we can do it on a Facebook group we can do it through kind of virtual contact we can even send things to each other cards and stuff to show that appreciation as we build that culture up and it's not about backslapping and saying, oh, aren't we all great? It's just about encouraging each other um, and loving each other. So I guess that's where I want to bring this to a conclusion, really. How can we consider different ways in which we can express appreciation? Um, words, touch, gifts, time, acts of service. 
how can we make that appreciation really wide ranging, like not just the people we normally say thank you to or the people we normally see or just our friends. How can we widen mm. the range of our appreciation? Um, can we remember to be really specific and not just say, oh, oh, thank you, or I really appreciate you, but I really appreciate that thing you did or that mm. thing you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and be vocal about it. Notice what God's doing in and through each other. Yeah. Uh, let's be generous in our appreciation, joyful in our worship, and we can celebrate well together mm. and throw some parties, which is yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, those are some of my thoughts. <clears throat> Join the conversation. Liz and Emmy are going to give a couple of their thoughts. We're going to have a bit of a chat about it. Uh, but put it on the comment stream, Liz will pick up any questions or comments or reflections uh, yeah. or send us an email, tim at allsaints-wellington.org. I'll pick those up and we'll chat about them next week. So anyway, immediate reactions, gut thoughts as you were reading those readings or as I was reflecting. Emmy? Um, I think I will, I think when you were talking through like the love expressions, one thing that I wrote down is authenticity. Mm-hmm. So like that idea that I think it means so much more when you're trying to show your gratitude or appreciation to somebody, if it's authentic, if it's not forced, if that makes sense, if it if it's just that outpouring of, oh, that, that's really great, if that makes sense. Um, and, I, and I think that's, I think people respect and appreciate that a lot more, even if the gesture isn't big, um, because sometimes, you know, you you can have this really grand gesture and you think, and, and they've done it all for show in front of lots of other people. And you think, oh, my God, do you know what I mean? And actually, I'm not sure that this is really um, it's not just the uncomfortableness. It's it's whether it's authentic, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I've certainly had a moment like that in my life and I just thought, yeah, no, I, I remember when I was leaving a workplace and it wasn't a very good workplace, shall we say, and I was given a gift and it was a gift that the person who gave it to me had really thought about it. And it was from the, the workplace as a whole. But the manager who gave me the leaving due, I would just say we didn't get on at all. And he had to give this speech and give me this thing. And you could tell in the way he gave it, it was not authentic. Do you know what I mean? He he was quite happy to see the back of me, let's be honest. Um, And and that really came through. And I think that thing about authenticity, when we use that love language, really, that that comes through. And even if it's just something really small, um, like a thank you or or a text or something like that, Mm -hmm. I think if, if it's authentic, then that means more. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I think it's you're totally right. And 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 not everyone would use the same love language for all sorts of reasons. And you know, it's okay. There'll, there'll be some people that will do very practical things for other people and, and take things around for them when they're ill and things. And that's that's an amazing thing. And like you say, from a place of authenticity. But then there's other people who just send some words and things, and that's that's amazing as well, you know. And um it's just not comparing to ourselves to others, but just doing what what we can do, and you know what's right for us. But um, yeah, I was uh, were you talking? I was just um, thinking how much I love. Well, I love both those passages, and it really um, I'd never really thought about the five love languages expressed across that one story before. I thought that was really powerful. Um, but I love the I really love the Romans passage, even though it's got all the names in it, because I love. And just it hits me anew every time that Paul is is just going starkly against the culture in the way that he thanks people and the way that he appreciates people, um, because the culture was very much about oh the powerful people the powerful men and that's all who we talk about and Paul's there saying oh, all these women and um, or slaves and you know rich and poor and all of that and that that always just strikes me as being so amazing and such a picture of. Um, us as a church, a body of Christ, um, that equality, uh, love that God has for, you know, each one of us, whoever we are. And um, so that just, it always really excites me, that passage. It's just like, yes, this is what it's supposed to be like, you know, it's really standing out against um, what people were saying in his society. And we can stand out as well against, 
you know, against any kind of um, that kind of thing in our society, you know, that kind of looking down on other people and things like that. I think it's also that thing that if you only hear the negative from somebody all the time, you know, and you don't say the positive parts. I mean, I know I've sat in in PDRs. It's not the same manager, but the same, but <laughs> a similar workplace. And I've sat there and had, um, you know, conversations with managers and they're saying, well, how do you want to be motivated? I'm like, well, you need, you know, I, I'm motivated well by positivity. <laughs> that makes sense. But if all you hear is the negative back, um, then yeah, that can be, just for, just for that person, it can be really difficult to build themselves back up. Um, and I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. And I know last week people were talking about how giving they were and how they were really struggling with that because, you know, necessarily the situation. And I think, yeah, sometimes, some, you know, hearing that gratitude from somebody really, really helps that appreciation, you know, what a difference it's made. Mm. Um, can really make a difference if that makes sense in, in that person's ability to keep giving yeah so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and just be one little action or one little word can really make a massive difference to your day mm. um, it's a difference to how you feel about yourself as well yeah. how, how i'm intrigued about this authenticity thing I'll tell you for why, because um, one of the ways in which my my mind just works, it, mm. it is just the way it works, is that I, I, in every situation, whether it's about me or somebody else or just a room I'm in, I will always see the thing that's wrong. So it's me who will see the cobweb in the corner or the light bulb that's gone or anything. It's just where my mind goes first. Yeah, in a lifelong <laughs> discipline and battle and learning for me to shut up <laughs> one and two to learn to see the things that I can appreciate and and uh, praise people for. Mm -hmm. But but it is it is still and I hope it gets a bit it continues to get a bit easier. But it is still for me a discipline. Mm. and I have to put things in place to remind me to do it um now is that is that me being inauthentic how do we hold that and it's not me trying to pretend to be someone else it's just me knowing what I ought to do um but it still, yeah. still doesn't feel natural um so how do we hold intention that kind of that wanting to be authentic but not just defaulting to what we would do naturally but yeah i think yours comes from a place of wanting to want knowing what the right thing is to do and wanting to do that you're, you're not coming from a place of trying to um what's the word just like be, pretend or to um show you know to boast or anything like that or to show hey look how good i am um mm. And everyone should, you know, everyone should like me because I say you come from a place of very much more integrity. So you know what's right and you're, you're trying to do that. And that, to me, that is coming from an authentic place. Yeah. I think it is an interesting, I think like the example that I was like popped into my head while you were talking was like when I was a child, I was forced into giving my nan a kiss in the cuddle and I remember hating it and I won't be unusual in this. You know, they are, I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but I remember the touch of boniness, you know, through the skin and, you know, just it being cold and it was not a pleasant experience. Now, as an adult, that same elderly relative, you know, I have, I have, for example, passed in the corridor and just given her a hug and just said, oh, you know, nice, you know, giving her a hug and just said, oh, it's nice to see you today. And I remember that, just her reaction. I think I just did it. I, I can't remember why I did it, but I just, but, you know, just gave her a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And I remember she always goes, oh, that's so nice. Do you know what I mean? And I think 
she probably said that when I was a child but for me that reaction and, and that interaction for me was more authentic as an adult and doing it when I wasn't I guess forced into it um yeah so yeah so but I I there are situations that I probably should say thank you when I don't like when you're talking about it like there are things that I, I there are probably areas in my life where I'm better at it than others um and I think oh I really should I've done something about that but now it's too late if that makes sense or it's been like a month and like they've probably forgotten and done something else so yeah, yeah and I'm I definitely do. guilty of doing that and yeah. I'm sure other people will be and yeah you know yeah. I definitely um I definitely rely particularly at the moment on support of community and friends around me um so yeah so I better say thank you to all those people now <laughs> but yeah you know I do I do you know I'm definitely guilty of not doing it at times when I should have mm. so maybe I need to be more authentic and think it through you know and be more I guess it's that purposeful I guess I guess it's not all I guess it's um it's a difference between being authentic and making a show of it and being purposeful so actually doing it yeah, in a, yeah. In a purposeful or a, a mindful way if that makes sense yeah so, so yeah and I think it is actually in itself authentic to recognise that that we can have um, um, different motives when it comes to something. Um, not all good motives. Sometimes I just want to be liked, for example. So maybe sometimes I would act from that rather than a place of. But I like to think that you know that mixes in with, like Tim says, a place of knowing what's right and wanting, you know absolutely wanting to help the other person but there's that mix maybe a mixed motive thing and so it's being authentic to recognize that and say you know look I, I do see that but I still want to I want to come closer to to Christ-likeness mm. and to get away from me yeah yeah any comments or contributions from um stream yeah so Ali says, I think it's important to know each other's love language as it's easy for us to do what works for us, but may not impact them in the same way. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that is true. Um, and Sarah says, I show appreciation mainly through letters and texts of encouragement. I think because I love receiving letters. Oh, you're so good at that, Sarah. And I'm rubbish at it. And <laughs> you've been really lovely sending me little letters and things. And I'm really <laughs> hopeless. So I just want to appreciate you for that. <laughs> um, she says, many of my friends are older and don't get out much because of winter weather. It's my way of keeping in touch and letting them know I'm thinking of them and I'm here for them. Yeah. It's really lovely. So um, how do we model this for our youngsters? How do we help our youngsters develop these kind of ways and habits of showing appreciation? What do you think? Um, I'm sure there must be some good books out there about showing appreciation, must, can't there, mustn't there? I mean, in terms of sharing with children, sharing books with children. I mean certainly for young children you always teach them to say please and thank you don't you yeah. and you have days like mother's day and father's day where they get the opportunity to show their appreciation but i guess it's it's thinking outside the box and maybe thinking wider mm. i know like yeah it, it's a tricky one really um and i guess for their own friendships as well how do they express those to their to their friendships and making it genuine mm. you know and, and encouraging one another um yeah so that that can be a tricky one we've got, i've got a a, a seven-year-old at the moment so that's a really interesting time because they're just starting to experience peer pressure and stuff um so we get a lot of comments home like oh such and such said this and they said my singing voice is awful and you know all this. Oh. and i think i think sometimes it's not that serious I think um I think sometimes like children struggle with that it's almost like that competition with each other can get in the way of them actually learning to encourage one another and certainly I I've had quite a lot of conversations around that and just saying oh and 
you know, trying to, um, I think we have a culture of competition sometimes with young children, you know, that they always have to feel like they're the best, but actually they should be working together. Mm -hmm. So what teamwork is really good, encouraging them to work in teams, encouraging them to do activities together, not, not in competition, I guess. So all those sorts of things are helpful. Um, so, yeah, so I think, I think those sorts of things are helpful and guess opportunities to express it. Yeah. yeah. This is, it's, it's teaching them why we teach them to say please and thank you, because sometimes it can, other, it can be a rope thing which they don't really understand the reasoning behind it and it can become just a kind of, oh, please, just to get something and oh, thank you, just without really thinking about why they're thankful. Yeah. So those kind of um, going yeah. in. you know the reasons for thankfulness and I suppose that's where things like gratitude journals come from and and gratitude jars um which these these are a big thing now where you put like little a little bit of paper every day for a little something that you're grateful for and you could get a child to do that as well have like a family gratitude jar or something like that you know that's a good idea like that but I know some families do like doing things like that yeah that would that would require organization yeah. We, we never got very good at organising <laughs> things like that. We did some star charts and things, didn't we? But yeah. Yeah, we did. Ch- children are yeah, often really good at, I was going to say, children are really often really good at thank you prayers, though. So right. um, they're really, really good. That's one of the first prayers that they sort of learn in a really master, <laughs> I've discovered. So if you, you go for prayer time with them, it's often, they're really good at that. So um so yes yeah, so that's one way of sort of encouraging it and thinking oh how can we show that to that person so yeah taking it further and i think it goes back to the modeling and the authenticity as well is that we can we can we can try and teach our kids just i mean please please thank you an example but I remember asking myself the question, the question is, how often do I say please or thank you to my kids when I when they've done something or I, I'm, I'm asking them to do something? And how often did I default to just telling? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and actually, I think if you don't, if you, if you never, if we're never saying please and thank you to our children, they're going to find it very difficult to learn that they need to say it to each other. Not that necessarily they will anyway, but um, that that makes that sense. Yeah, yeah. And that, and um, that goes to showing appreciation as well. Yeah. Uh, Becky's got a suggestion for um, a gratitude day you could have with activities that reinforce giving thanks, maybe doing arts and crafts to give to their loved ones to show gratitude. That's a nice idea, isn't it? We could do that. We have, we have got, yeah, I was going to say, we have got Valentine's Day coming yeah. up as well. So yeah. rather than... Um, making it a sense of romantic love for small children you could always use that as an opportunity to say well let's think wider let's think who we want to say you know we love we love we've you. done a lovely thing for me so yeah yeah charlotte says i'm thankful and appreciate you all for shifts church which is lovely we love you too charlotte yeah we do (laughs) okay so we're going to have a bit of music just to continue to reflect on these things and one of the things um that came out on sunday um was the sense not only do we appreciate each other but actually god looks on us and appreciates us too um so just invite you to in to just sit under this song and just feel the waves of the holy spirit of god's appreciation washing over you and um then we're going to going to go straight into prayer emmy so if you could just leave in prayer after this that would be lovely okay okay Washing over me, be still. 
So as we pray, I'm just going to work through that um, the prayer um, format. So we start with pausing, rejoicing, asking, and then just yielding to God's will. So just pause for a minute and focus on you, Lord. Lord, Hosanna. You are good. You bring the rain to the parched lands. You make deserts bloom. You make the lame walk. You respond fortunes. You send the bread of life and you call us to you and to know you through your Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord, you are good. We just think about those people that we want to say thank you to, Lord. Perhaps for those people that need to hear thanks, those people that we might not have done it quite as well. So we just lift them up to you for a moment, Lord. You know those people who have really spoke to us lord who have been working your will in our lives we thank you for them now we thank you for their service we thank you for your, their gifts we thank you for their time and we thank you for their love for us As we think about appreciation, Miss Lord, we, we just allow you, Lord, to really work on us, to soften our hearts, Lord, so that we may be more like you, more like Christ in our dealings with others. Yes, Lord, would you take the blinkers off us, help us to see and to appreciate those around us, to be more aware, more and more aware of the people you put around us. Yeah, and Lord, help us to um, to be grateful from um, a real place of, of um, authenticity, a place of um, encounter with you, Lord, a place of gratitude for all that you've done. 
Lord, we are so grateful to you for the work that you have done and that you are doing in our lives. And um, for all you have done through Jesus, Lord, we're so grateful um, for your victory over death. We're so grateful, Lord, that you um, save us, you bring us to new life. And I just pray that you'd help us to, to really communicate that with others around us and um, just extend that gratitude to everyone around us, Lord, out of that place of intimacy with you and knowledge of you and all that you've done for us, Lord. I ask, Lord, that if there is just one person that you know really needs to hear a word of appreciation or to feel loved, to feel thanked this week, that you just put them on our hearts now, Lord. Mm -hmm. We just give you that little space that you can allow that person's name or, or picture to come into our minds right now so we can be doing your work this week, Lord. Mm -hmm. we ask that we can really just be your your vessels this week lord that you can fill us up with that love mm -hmm. even if it's not a a natural thing for us lord that you will allow us to see those opportunities this week you will allow us to be available to that lord Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Mm, thanks, Emily. That was great. Yeah, Red, book. Red book. Red book. Red book. <laughs> Red book. Red book. So, <laughs> talking about celebrating, it's not that we're going to stop celebrating, but we've... Uh, finished uh, looking at it in detail over the last few weeks and the next couple of months we're going to be looking at this book which is called intimate with the ultimate um so the next couple of months we're going to be working our way through this um uh, across the board at all saints so that would include shift church you might want to get yourself a copy they're available um from all good secondhand bookshops um uh, you don't have to you'll get a lot of what's in there um if you don't but if you're around, you can do. And uh, Shift Church will be looking at those. Our Ignite services, um, which are, in a, well, first one, next one's in a couple of weeks on a Saturday evening, which we stream online as well. So you might want to dial into, and we'll have extended time of prayer and worship, really exploring intimacy with God. And that is really what we're doing over the next couple of weeks, really getting closer to Jesus. A couple of months. Yes. Um, Yay. Exciting. Yay. About getting closer to Jesus. Ah, we are nearly close to overrunning tonight. So I'm going to uh, draw things to a close. It's been really great to have you with us. Uh, do join in the Facebook group. Continue conversations there. Um, email us. It's been lovely to have you with us. If you're with us not in the same time frame or if you're with us live but we are going to say goodbye now so say goodbye emily good night good morning good afternoon good night <laughs> goodbye say goodbye liz goodbye liz all right goodbye everybody god bless have a great week bye 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 bye, -bye.